Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, now, Lord, turn our eyes upon Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you'd like to turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, and uh, this, this wonderful history here of, the, of what is called the tempt, temptation of Abraham, the tempting of Abraham. It's really not. It's the proving of Abraham. But it's a, a wonderful picture we have here of God providing a lamb. So Genesis chapter 2, beginning at chapter 22, beginning at verse 1, where we read, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, or prove Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand, and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told Abraham, built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, saying, 
and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, this passage here was, it's, it's hard for us even to imagine the pain that came to Abraham when God said in verse 2, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, uh, Isaac, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains. This was so painful for, for Abraham that he, was, he, he would have said, not Isaac, but God was so specific in the way it is in the Hebrew here. It's so dramatic because it's like God is pointing a finger when he says, he says uh, and he uses this, this word, et, over and over again, meaning the direct object when he says, et bincha, that son of yours. And then he said, et yehidcha, that only one of yours. Asher ahavta, whom you love, et yitzhak, that Isaac. And this was God pointing out exactly to Abraham that he was to offer his son and that God understood that that was his son, that was his only son, and that was the son that he loved. And that's this word when he said, whom thou lovest. You know, there's so much of scripture in which there's not a syllable of feelings in a passage. And in this passage, there's also not a syllable of the feelings of a passage, except for this one statement. This was the son, in verse two, whom thou lovest, whom thou lovest. Now, God could have told Abraham, just go over the hill when you're out of sight and offer Isaac there. But he didn't. He told him to walk three painful days to go to a place called Moriah to sacrifice Isaac. And during that time would have been a time when Abraham was thinking all along the way, I'm going to offer my son. I'm going to offer my son. And there was so much opportunity during those three days when Abraham could have turned around and said, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. But he continued on. And then we're told, though, after he got the word, the command to offer his son, in verse 6, we're told very specific details. What it said, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and he laid it upon Isaac, He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. We're even told that that Abraham cut the wood for the burnt offering. And you could say, why did you cut the wood and carry it all the way there? Isn't there wood in the land of Moriah? Won't there be wood up there? Yes. Why don't you just take an axe and then cut the wood when you get there? Oh, no. Because for Abraham, there should be no distraction. There should be no delay. There should be no discussion. Everything had to be prepared for in advance. So he cut the wood in advance, and then he lays it upon Isaac, and they go off together. And as we see Isaac bearing this wood as they go off together, we can see that in him, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ as he was walking up that road 
to Mount Calvary, where he was going to be crucified for our sins. And it says specifically that he carried the wood of his cross. It says in John 19, 17, John 19, 17, and he, that's Jesus, and he bearing his cross went forth unto a place called the place of a skull, which is in the Hebrew Golgotha. And now Isaac speaks as they're walking up this hill, and Isaac has a question. And in verse 7, Isaac speaks unto Abraham, not just unto Abraham, but unto Abraham, his father. And he doesn't just say Abraham. He says, my father, my father. And then Abraham responds, here am I. But he didn't just say, here am I. He said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? When Abraham heard him say those words, my father, or Avi, my father, it just melted the heart of Abraham. And in fact, that word, my father, was a blow to Abraham's heart that sunk deeper than the knife that he was going to put into Isaac. And so you might think that at this point, Abraham's got to hold it together He's got to keep himself from falling apart. And you might think that Abraham might want to protect his heart. He might want to save himself from from just melting under all of this, I can't take it, you know. And so he he might have said to him, Isaac, please don't call me father anymore. And he might have pushed Isaac back. He might have pushed him back. He might have put a hand in his chest and said, no, you don't get close to me like that anymore. You no longer call me father. But that's not Abraham, and that's not what Abraham did, and that's not how Abraham answered Isaac. When Abraham answered Isaac, it was with a warm embrace, a very warm embrace, when he didn't just say, here am I, but he said, here am I, my son. Here am I, my son. And then the question came to him, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? Everything was in place, but not the lamb. Isaac's question is touching because it's a sweet question out of an innocence. There was an innocent curiosity of a son who always trusted his father, a son who always knew his father would never lie to him. And he looks and he says, I see the wood. You you cut it up before we came here. I see the knife. It's sharp. I see the fire in your hand. I understand you're going to build an altar. I understand you're going to light a fire. I understand you're going to kill the sacrifice with the knife, but I don't see the lamb. Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? And Abraham then gives this calm response in verse 8 when Abraham says, my son, again, the words of tenderness, the words of, of a closeness, the words of an embrace of a father to a son, He says, my son. In an identification with Isaac, he calls him my son. And then he gives the answer, the only answer, which is God. Pause a moment. God, let that sink in. What's the answer to all these questions? You're going to kill me? God. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Then the marvelous statement, they went both of them together. God will provide himself a burnt offering. When Abraham said that, when Abraham just said God, 
It answered all the unknowns. Because when Abraham looked at Isaac, Abraham told Isaac with his eyes, yes, Isaac, you are the lamb. Yes, Isaac, you will be the one who will be bound, laid on the altar. You will feel the edge of the knife as it goes into it. You will give up living, and then you will be burnt up as a burnt offering. Yes, Isaac, terrifying words, but by sight, by understanding, terrify and understanding for Isaac to understand, terrifying for Abraham to even say, how do you keep the terror of it all from, from, from just crushing them? How do you keep the terror of it all from, keep, from Isaac just running away and saying no and saving himself? One word, God. God. God will provide. Isaac, listen to me, Isaac, as I tell you this. I'm your father. You are my son. I'm speaking to you from the heart of a father to a heart of the son. When I tell you that God will provide, Isaac, if you are killed, if you are burned, God will provide even a resurrection from the dead. You heard me, Isaac, as I told the the servants down at the bottom of the hill where we left them. We will come again to you. We will come again to you. Isaac, you know the promise that in you, Isaac, my seed will be called. And so, Isaac, trust God now. God will provide what you need. God will provide even a resurrection from the dead should you die. So Abraham is now consumed with this truth that God is providing. God is providing. And that was the truth that so consumes the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is all about God providing. The central theme, the central verse in the heart of the book of Leviticus is Leviticus 17.11. Leviticus 17.11, which is all about God providing. When it says in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. I have provided it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. We're going to be celebrating soon the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was a blood that was provided for us. That was a blood in which God said, you have sinned. I know that. God has said, you need blood for an atonement for your sins. I know that. You don't have that blood for an atonement for your sins. I know that. So I am going to provide that blood for an atonement for your sins. It reminds me of my Japanese friends, Mitoko and Takendo, because before they were married uh, in, in Japan, that uh, Takendo decided to take Motoko out to a very nice restaurant in Japan. And I've been to some of these very nice restaurants in Japan. They're also very expensive. And, 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 and the very nice restaurants in Japan, and some of the very, some of the very expensive ones, they don't even put the prices on the menu. They, they say, why, why should we clutter up the, the menu with something as distasteful as a high price? We'll just put the wonderful things that are on the menu, and then you choose. And then at the end of the, the dinner, then you get the surprise. 
<laughs> so they had had a wonderful dinner together in Japan there. And they were, they, they really just wonderful. The food was tremendous. The settings, the, the, the atmosphere, it was just so, so pleasant as many of the restaurants are in Japan. And then the waiter brought the bill to Kendo. And to Kendo, when he saw the bill, got this, he turned white. <laughs> he saw how much it was and very troubled look on his face. And Matoko saw it. And Matoko was, was so caring. As a matter of fact, she said to him at that meal, she said, do you like the dress I'm wearing? And so he said, yes. He said, I made it for tonight. I made it. And so this is, this is Matoko. And so Matoko, and, and you know Matoko. And so Matoko saw his face as it was white. As he, and he, she realized he doesn't have money to pay the bill. He doesn't have enough money. So under the table... Matoko goes to her purse, gets the money, and then slides it to him under the table, all the money that he needed to pay for the bill. What was she doing there? She provided the money that he didn't have. That's what God did for us. Like Matoko, who saw the pain on, on, on Takendo's face, and he, she realized he doesn't have the money to pay this bill. So... She provided the money for him to pay it. Like God, who saw that we sinned and the pain of the, of realizing our sins made a bill. Our sins cost. Our sins must be paid for. And we don't have what it takes to pay for our sins so that we would be cast into a hell, a lake of fire forever. And God saw the pain on our face. And just like Matokos gave the money to Tekendo under the table, so God said, I provide, I will provide the blood that you need. Because the price of our sins required a ransom. A price had to be paid, a ransom. And God found a ransom. It was a great crisis for man. Where's the ransom for your sins and it says in Job 33.24, Job 33.24, He is gracious unto him and saith, Deliver him from going down into the pit. I have found a ransom. That's God speaking. God speaks and he says to each one of us here, Deliver him from going down to the pit of hell. Deliver him. Stop him. From going down to the pit of hell. Why? I have found a ransom. God said, I have found a ransom. Not in him, not in you, not in me, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. God found the ransom to pay for our sins. God provided the ransom in himself. As it says in 1 Timothy 2.6, 1 Timothy 2.6, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all, a ransom for all, the Lord Jesus knew he was the ransom. Isaac knew he was the lamb. The Lord Jesus Christ knew he really was the lamb. He really was the lamb that was not going to be saved from the death. He was the ransom. And so he said in Matthew 20, 28, Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came, to, came, came not to be ministered unto. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto. Jesus did not come 
to be ministered unto. He didn't come and say, okay, I'm the king now, so now you just take care of all my needs. He didn't come that way. But he came to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. To give his life a ransom for many. And Peter says, Peter says, in 1 Peter 1.18, 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. You couldn't buy your way out of hell. You couldn't buy your way into heaven with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish and without spot. And so Isaac then, he understands. His father is telling him, you are the lamb. And then it says, and and then we can understand Isaac believed that God would provide. And then we have this great word. They went together. They went echad. They were one like this. They were one. It says in the last part of verse 8, and they went both of them together. Echad in the Shema, in the, it reflects the unity of God in Deuteronomy 6.4. Deuteronomy 6.4 reflects the unity of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three in the Godhead are reflected when it says in Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. They're achad. They're together. They're together. The Son, Isaac, is echad, agreeing with the Father. He's going to be the Lamb. God the Son is agreeing with the Father. He will be the Lamb. God the Holy Spirit is agreeing also, the Son will be the Lamb. The Lord Jesus Christ will be the Lamb. Then they arrive. They get to the place in verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar. This detail, this little detail, it brings to us the force of it when it says, Abraham bound Isaac his son. Abraham took the hands of Isaac in his hands and bound them, bound them together. And when Abraham took those hands of those son of his son Isaac, he looked at those hands as he tied them up together. And he saw in those hands what Clinton Laurie see in little Clark now and what all any parent has seen in a child. Hands that cling to the parent, to cling to the parent with the statement, protect me, keep me safe, feed me, help me. He saw those hands that had clung to him as a parent, and he bound those hands. He saw those hands that as a toddler reached up his hands, hold me, lift me, draw me to yourself, embrace me. Those were the hands that spoke as a baby and as a toddler, and yet he's tying them now. He's tying them together, and he ties them, and he puts them on the altar, and then Abraham stretches forth his hand and takes the knife in verse 10 to slay his son. And then at that time, we see God, God the Father, sacrificing God the Son. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 